Hello and welcome to episode 263 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Hello Colin, we've been doing this for too long at 263 episodes. It's a completely random number, It feels, but it does feel like a big number. It's, it feels like a, a kind of lesser milestone. <laughs> it's not a milestone at all, it just feels like a big number. That's all I'm like, oh shit, it's a lot. It is 263. I've been doing a lot. I'm on my fourth book, my new book. I'm on my fourth book of notes. Dude, American presidents have served time for less. I'm just it's saying. True. There it's true. Go. Yeah, right. so um, <laughs> we're doing okay. <laughs> so again, we're doing this by Zoom because I can't normally be bored leaving the house these days. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom is the new we're going out. We'll get together again for 300. That, that'll be the plan probably. <laughs> Things are looking this now. So 40 odd weeks from now. Um, what have you been drinking tonight? Today, I am mostly drinking a can of New England IPA from a brewer called Brewgooder. Very um, nice. Which I believe are based in the south side of Glasgow somewhere. They've got yeah, a I think they've figured this out. Postcode, yeah. yeah, which isn't far away at all. Um, just a, a nice wee IPA, actually, quite, quite yeah. refreshing. Not not too strong in the flavour um, and 4% alcohol, so it's not. Yeah. I think they're always drink. quite small batch ones to do as well. Yeah, so you could drink these all day long. Perfect yeah. for a barbecue, a nice warm day. You could knock back four or five of them and still walk home without any... Doing too much damage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or it's good for a, yeah. a late-night podcast. Or a late-night podcast as well. Um, Lorraine picked this one because of the can, which she said was very 80s looking. It looks a bit like... It does have an 80s movie flag. poster vibe, yeah. Yeah, just like kind of wavy yellow and blue lights. Yeah, which minimalist. You can see Don Draper designing it for the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking? Um, because I was out last night, I've, I'm drinking Lucasaid. Um, oh, 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 rough night last night. Oh, rough. Just um, sometimes the devil beats the beats the angel. I would say <laughs> maybe the best way to put it. You know, quite, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucasaid. That that's like it's a pure Scottish thing, isn't it? Like if you're not well, you have some Lucasaid, and it'll make you better. It's, I'm sure it is like British or even European, but it's like sort or like sort of worldwide even, but. There is a weird thing in Scotland, you drink it for that, isn't there? Well, it used to be a medicine, wasn't it? That was how it started out, it was a medicine. I, then it I don't like know, I just drink. remember when I was a kid, and whenever I was not well, I would always get a bottle of Lucasaid. Well, my granny saw Lucasaid as a medicine. It's only yeah. in, in our lifetime it's been rebranded as sort of like an energy drink. You know, it's, it's, always not, that. it's not medicinal, because it's just no. a sugary fucking drink. Which you know I mean? yeah. is probably the, the wrong thing to give a sick kid, but, you know. Yeah, but it gets it gets electrolytes back in the body and gets it gets you feel kicking. So no. Um look at it'll do me tonight. Yeah. Good choice, sir. Good yeah. choice. You feel um, better so for it as well. Happily no one really of note, I think, has died this week, so we don't have to talk about any deaths this week. No, um, we've had a quite few weeks. It's been good for the last few weeks. No one the, no one's died, which is good to keep yeah. it that way. There's been, yeah. there's been no um nothing to note that way, and then nothing different has happened with our, our Cine World. Um, or any movies or yeah, plays still more news on, on what's happening with Cine World which like, I thought at least an email from from the company to its customers would have been nice saying we took my money this month so they yeah, money, so. they're, they're still taking money but an email would be nice saying here's the situation here's you know possible scenarios what we're going to do what it means to you but there's been yeah. zero communication yeah. Um I do sense they will trade up to the final day and then they'll close the doors and you'll know about it when you come and use it on the next morning. Quite, quite possibly. Because during the whole kind of lockdown when they opened and closed and opened and closed, it was like very much like that as well, wasn't it? It was mm. very much, all right, it's midday, I know we're not going to open today. It was right. almost like that kind of, you know, wait, 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 and then 
tell people what's going on. Aye. Um, so it'll be interesting. And then my plight that I was texting you about, my grumble about I could only buy seats for for the film in 4D or fucking super screen as well. Yeah, so be, be, Beast is like the big release this week. It's yeah. as big as it gets. And the only way I could see it in the main Sydney world in Glasgow was to pay for a ticket, basically, because it only showed it in ones that are an uplift. So yeah, it seems an odd paid. model to, or business of if you need to make people in, make it you know as hard as possible to see the film, make it more expensive. I mean, I get making more money you want to make, but it's not it, it, as much as it is a big release this week. Beast is not the marquee it's, picture that will stop the world. You know, it's it's people no, are gonna, for you know, sure. It's it's not. I mean, it will do all right business, but it's you know it's it's not fucking a blockbuster by, by any means at all. Um, Aye, so very yeah, odd. It seems strange that we're doing that. I mean, maybe we ask you something about the the, the Sunny World business model. That's maybe reasoning why they are struggling, unfortunately. Yeah, but but it does seem the the, the timing seems coincidental. Yeah, maybe I don't know. You know, we're, we're, there was trouble, and now you need to pay to go and see a film that you've got a card that you can see for free for if we can let you, but we're not. No, no. I can't imagine the beast numbers about what will save Sunny World. Oh, maybe I'll just fucking desperate, man. Desperate could be, yeah. yeah. Any penny, the good penny, right now. Yeah, um, life, life boats out, man. Fucking throw everything out there, and make money, money, money. Yeah, absolutely but, could um, be. Anyway, I paid the money. Fuck's sake. Paid you ain't seen it. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about two pounds fifty, and I'm. So, um, <laughs> before we get to uh, the big cinema releases, what we watched at home this week? Anything of note? Um, yes, yes, I did. So the the first thing that I've watched of note um, is something. That you watched a long time ago, and then you raved about this. You told me I had to watch this, and you you were pretty disgusted that I hadn't seen it before, and I mm-hmm. didn't really know who these people were. Um, so it's a documentary called The Sparks Brothers. Directed by Edgar Wright. Directed by Edgar Wright, who appears to be a massive, massive fan. Which yes. Is, is, you, you, I, I won't cover all ground. It's basically that this kind of duo who's been around for 50 years who do kind of pioneers in the electropop industry um yep. but for some reason they seem to have never hit that the high kind of peaks of fame that, that everybody else should have and everyone who has became yeah. famous loves them so they're sort of yeah. the best well, the, the tagline is the best band you've ever heard of pretty pretty much yeah, yeah. and the, the, when i was listening to some of the songs there was one or two songs that i knew and i was like Fuck, i know that song yeah, yeah I know that song. so they have got songs that you know but for whatever reason, your brain just cuts out who yeah. they are. There's no like I don't I don't know who they are. But then when you watch the documentary, it's um they're such a lovely pair of guys. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. But they're so uncompromising, which yeah. is why they never got to where everybody else was because of like no, you know, we're doing our music. We're not here to make money and do I mean? But this is our music. Um, so they they're kind of retained complete control of, of their musical journey for the last 40 or so years. And, and they've, they've maintained their journey for 40 years, which tells you something about their musical oh, and how good uh, they are. Yeah, and when you hear people talk about them, like, that there's a love there, like a fucking burning, passionate love that people have for them as well. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like fans are... are yeah, but Ravenous. Now I've, yeah, now that I've listened to them, I want to hear more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to listen to albums and stuff like that as well. So I can see as well how... It's easy to jump on the bandwagon, yeah. as well. We'll just kind of catch a ride with them, do you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm intrigued. Do you know what I mean? So, it's a great, it is a great documentary the way it's put together uh, as well. Phenomenally well done. Yeah, it's really they're funny as well. Do you know what I mean? The mm. two of them are really funny. Um, a lot of the interviews are funny as well, and it's got you can see it's an Edgar Wright 
Vico as well. His style is heavily in it, yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, which is not a bad thing because no. man, man makes mean films. Um, so I watched that eventually after God knows how many years. Do you not think it would double really well with, remember that film Anvil? Which one was that? That's one about the metal band who are always trying oh, to make I've, it. I've not seen that, no. Because like it's almost a juxtaposition that like you've got the Sparks Brothers who have had a decent amount of success but don't chase it and it sort of just kind of happens to them. Yeah. And have been very much do their own thing and don't really ever try and chase success in many ways. I think one of the points to make that is they're either two years too early or two years too late in what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Whereas Anvil are a band who are just desperate for success. Like they have they are work they are just they want the success. They you know, want to be like Bon Jovi or Metallica. Like or, Megadeth yeah. or something like that. They want yeah. they want the success, but they just can't ever seem to get it. And so it's like how it's just a, a been an interesting kind of juxtaposition next to job. But yes, Sparks Brothers are wonderful. I think it's on Racket, uh, it's also on Netflix, I think now as well. So it's definitely, um, yeah, it's on Netflix is where I caught it. Um, yeah. scored that I saw for, for a documentary, dude, seven out of ten from me. Okay, fair enough. That's a high mark for you for a documentary, that's dude, yeah, because you know me, I don't, I don't really do documentaries. No, um, on that note, I did try and watch a second documentary, but no. passed out midway through it. Um, it was uh, the Running with the Devil, the John McAfee one. I I just feel like I, I know enough that he's an arsehole that I don't really want to delve any deeper into than that. Yeah, but I watched the, the, the last kind of four-part documentary on him and it yeah. was quite a well-dried, but this one, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm just like, yeah, I kind of know this guy's in a job and stuff like that and I just kind of tuned out and never really fell into it. So that was a wasted half an hour. So well, uh, I just kind of... On that, I've been watching, I watched it two episodes tonight when I was waiting for you to come on the call. There's one that's on Netflix called D.B. Cooper, Where Are You? Have you seen that one? I've seen bits of it, Liam watched it, yeah. Fucking horrendous. Like, generally yeah. one of the worst things I've ever watched, because it's just, it's pure just crap conjecture of journalism with the worst type of journalism, where there's literally, yeah. like, a good half an episode is just them trying to pitch the D.B. Cooper story they're putting together to different networks to get money. Yeah. It's like, yeah. so it's it's just that idea of, like, we found a story, let's just make a podcast out and let's just try and make money. They don't care. All they want to do is make money. And they seem to be... Yeah. Harassing this poor bastard who I see, yeah, the guy might be the guy, it might not be, but ultimately, the evidence they've got that might be it doesn't have any proof. The other is just harassing this poor fucker, right? No, I did. I've seen that about the lady, I don't know the exact bit she mean, and it was like hard watching, and you're like, just fucking leave this man alone, yeah, and then it got into all that shit about. The codes and stuff like that. Oh well. my god, the code! I just that's one of the watch for you guys. Like that's that because I say I just kind of caught you at that point. I checked out. I was like, right, enough stuff for this. This is it's utter bollocks. It's, it's yeah. the worst type of shit bullshit journalism. Where they, they when someone says someone does try and come back and go, it's, it's like finding a jigsaw with three pieces fit, but you're using the rest of the jigsaw as a different jigsaw. But using yeah. all those bits and these three bits must mean it's the right thing. It's like no, because I, you're ignoring so much other evidence. Just to yeah, make it totally. Kind of all that. What about all this stuff? It's you know, been, been fucking brought up in the past. And no, that that these people that are hunting this down are so narrowly focused that oh. they just not. They're not willing to see that you know there could be more. They've just got it's him, and that's it. And here's a code that we fucking made up to, to Aye, show that to try and prove stuff. it it's like oh, it's, it's horrendous really, I've one episode I've been finished last episode see how bad it gets but honestly it's some of the worst 
pseudo journalism I've seen in my life is terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Lorraine was overly impressed. I think she, she likes watching stuff like that anyway. But yeah, the I story itself is interesting. DB Cooper yeah. is a really fascinating, like almost pop culture icon in times in well, many ways. You know, but like, people forget Marvel cleared that up anyway. It's Loki. We all know it's Loki. Yeah, yeah we know yeah. it's Loki. There's problems with mystery solved. Yeah, it's always the CIA <laughs> involved. The CIA always are involved. I notice. You know, it's always everything. Yeah. That's how they cover it. Not be going. Well, this is how they prove it, but we can't prove it because the CIA and they won't let us know. It's like you can't just use that as a two sex machina to try and cover up all fucking plot lines, you know? Yeah, anyway. the CIA are not the all fucking silence and government agency. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I watched, I've been watching that. Anything else of interest what you mentioned? Uh, one more that I watched before we got to the ones that we both watched together is uh, I watched a movie called. <laughs> Called the Invisible Ghost. <laughs> it doesn't work. The Invisible Ghost, as opposed to the ghost that's not invisible, like um, the giant Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Like the small P. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I watched the Invisible Ghost, which was um, made in 1941. A lot of um, film like that. Yeah. Where, starring, where, where did you find it? Uh, this one was on Amazon Prime. Um, it stars Bela Lugosi. Yeah. Um, and it's basically... Is he the invisible ghost or is he a visible ghost? Well, he's a visible ghost. I always thought <laughs> okay. ghost, but he is visible. Okay. <laughs> but the premise is, is um, these murders keep happening in this strange house. Um, this man every year kind of celebrates his wife because she left him. And she just up left and every year he has like we done on chats and stuff like that. And right. basically it turns out that he's a killer and his wife's still alive, and whenever he turns up, he goes into a trance and becomes like a shambling killer. Right, okay. But, but, like shambling killer, bite. He walks about, his arms out like that, like pure mummy style. Pure mummy. <laughs> and grimaces a lot at the camera uh, with his brilliant expressions, uh, and it strangles people. Um, it never explains at any point in the film why. Because in these yeah, it doesn't explain it. It just happens, and, and that's it. Um, and it's just fucking insane. It's just you're fucking bonkers. It, it kind of moves along about 80 minutes and it ties everything up in the last five minutes. Like, fucking, there you go. Done. And you're I'll like, happily watch that. I'm enjoying <laughs> films from the 40s and the 30s and things like that. Like they have a certain it, way of doing things that I, it, I think people can appreciate now. They do, but uh, this one doesn't do it. So I was reading up about it and this is um, after the ghostly successes, the Dracula and stuff like yep. that. Um, he, he kind of went in a downward spiral mm. and this is the first film that he made with these like kind of dime store film studios Poverty Row I think it was wasn't it, it was yeah so th this was his first Poverty Row studio film which he was obligated to do eight of or something mm. um, and, it, and it shows that it's 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 funny do you know I mean the expressions and stuff like that are really funny um, it does it's have almost a, um, what's the name of that almost Edward level Almost, yeah, yeah. Not, not far off. Uh, which Lugosi did star in. Edward, yeah, he did, yes. You know, which, um, but, um, it's, it's also got to, to give it a good a good thing for a film in nineteen forty one. The Butler is black, and it's got one of the kind of most natural portrayals of a black person for that time. Okay. Whereas you know they don't treat him like shit. He's you know he's he's not. Abused and for that, you know, he's an intelligent kind of guy that you know fucking runs a household. So it's good to see that he's still running the household. That's a problem. Oh, well, that's his job. Yeah, uh, so black and white, that's still his job. But they, they, they don't, you know, kind of go with it, the typical forties 
picture of you know African Americans and and what their place was at that time and stuff like that. So it kind of bucks that trend, which was really nice. Mm. Um, but it's just bonkers, dude. It's just fucking Bella Lugosi making really weird faces and pretending he's a mummy for, <laughs> for periods of time. Um, oh, it's what, Clarence. It's uh, Clarence Muse is the gentleman who's in the film. Yes, the butler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not. He has actually in a lot of stuff that I've actually seen. Um, but the, the, honestly, the way they treat, you know, so I say back then, you know, it was different times and African Americans on screen weren't portrayed quite, you know, realistically. Um, really, kind of, a lot of respect and stuff like that. Um, he's, he's just stand out in the film, put it away. If you're looking for an awful film for him, it's one of his later ones before he died. He died, in, he, it was made in 1976. He died in 79. It's a film called Car Wash. Um, I've seen Car Wash a long time ago. Such a prior on Car Wash. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's sort of it's basically like a sort of, I would describe it as like Clerks meets Slacker, but made in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Josh Carlin's in as well. He plays a taxi driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a proper well-known film. I watched it recently uh, and I really Carlos. enjoyed it. It's very funny. Not seen it from. I mean, I've talked since with a teenager. Maybe so I should. Yeah. I should watch it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in it. He plays I Snapper. In it, so. Snapper. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So Invisible Ghost. Um, if you like old films, it's one to watch just to say not only for Lugosi's decline, unfortunately, um, and for Lugosi's amazing over overacting. <laughs> it's true that Lugosi was buried in his vampire costume, wasn't he? If I remember rightly, that is that true? I believe so. Which will really fuck with people who dig him up in like a thousand years' time. Which is oh, bad. It's him. He's here, really. He's here. Um, yeah, I think I think he was. Um, he's also got the weirdest accent. You can hear it, and it's just this weird. He couldn't speak English, too, no? It was all phonetically, wasn't he? I had to learn how to speak, wasn't it? No, I didn't say he could speak. English was fine, but it's just that weird Transylvanian accent. It's an European accent. Yeah, just kind of, but it cuts through dead subtly. Do you know what I mean? So it's weird. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't understand your accent. I will probably endeavor to watch this film at some point. I didn't know it was on, so I will watch it. It's just silly for us to say the face. I think the faces come from actors back then, um, probably related to acting in silent movies as well. Silent movies and and acting, they're acting in the back of the theatre. They're not acting in the camera. Everything's animated, the expressions and the looks and the gasps and stuff like that. It's all you know, big exclamations and stuff like that. I think because that that's why, uh, which I really enjoy. I think it's funny. It makes me laugh. Um, You know, it it just cracks me up. It's a bit of cinema history. Um, Also on Amazon Prime, I watched this something called Paper Girls, which is basically it's a kind of time travel mystery with like four young girls from the eighties jumping back and forth through time as they try and will fix the timelines and stop themselves being killed because of the timelines. Um, if you're in the Stranger Things, very much in that kind of vein of vibe, you know, very nostalgic, really well done. Um, yeah. It's only eight episodes long, um, and it's I just really dug it, really fun. Really how, does it, how does it uh, adhere to its own time travel rules? Does it Just about pulls them off, yeah, just about. Yeah, yeah. There is yeah. a couple of hand-waving moments of, you know, that's just the way it is, which unfortunately you get in every time travel thing. There's very few time travel things can close a loop, so to speak. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I enjoyed it. If, if you're looking for something to fill that Stranger Things void that people are obviously looking for this now, um, go with that one. And also on Disney, I have been watching Welcome to Wrexham, which is basically the behind-the-scenes story of Rob McKinnery, I think his name is, and Ryan Reynolds buying Wrexham Football Club. And it's exceptionally charming to see what they're doing with the town, the club, and how it affects them as well, you know, as they start to sort of... How much How much did they buy for? Just, you know, so... Can you How much what, sorry? How much did they pay for it, the club? 
I don't know how much he paid for it, actually. I, didn't, I, I think it was a decent amount of money. Um, they say, Rob McKenry says at start, always says, um, I, I made TV writers money, which means I needed movie star money, and I needed movie star money with gin money and mobile and phone network money and Deadpool money. Um, wow. So I think the more. major financial backer is... Um, Aviator gin, yeah, maybe? Yeah. yeah, I'm just checking now. Um I'd imagine it'd be a good, good millions. I'm going to say, even only two million. A, surprisingly, only it's just a lot of money though for it's a lot of money for a team who are in the seventh tier of English football. But still, I think it's it's they they're trying to do something, and it is it is kind of sweet to see. What, as a man who supports a football team, also in the, the lower leagues of Scotland, it's kind of nice to see. You know, they they seem to understand what it means. It's not just about a football club. It's not just about winning a game. It's about what that club represents to that community. Especially yeah. a community that's been Wrexham has obviously was once a big mining town and it, you know everyone was very well employed and the town was prosperous. Yeah. When all that went away, the town suffered and everybody in the town suffered because of that. And it's obviously echoes of pretty much a lot of Ayrshire. Um yeah. actually you, you see a lot of echoes in the people. I can identify a lot of people in it. I can see the I can see who they are. So it's just it's just a nice introduction to football you know if you're not really a football fan and um, mm. if you are a football fan you'll enjoy seeing the kind of behind the scenes aspect of it and the kind of novelty almost of seeing these like two really the fame of it is fun that's 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 a weird sort of mix of like the fame of them mixed to like, sort of the mundaneness of Wrexham but also just the fact they're American and they don't understand how British sport works you know the idea of like, yeah. promotion and relegation is a thing which is not a thing in America you know the idea of like you can yeah. go from the very yeah. bottom to the very top if you if you do it right, you can go from the bottom of the league, yeah, of like and then 10 years' time you can be champions in the of the country, yeah. yeah, yeah so, there's, yeah, there's no yeah. so that's that's what makes it kind of interesting. And um, but it's just it's dropping every Thursday, two episodes every Thursday, they're dropping in. It's just they're only like half an hour long each, it's just it's nice, charming viewing. Sweet, it's a, they're going to have to invest a lot of money as well. They are. got the initial outlay, but I mean, to get the players and stuff like that, oh, yeah, and players know, and that's the thing. One of the episodes is about how a player knows been bought by Ryan Reynolds and you know, mm. these guys have been heavily invested. So, the club they're buying them from, you know, I think they upped their price more than probably they should have done to try and get them. And obviously, his wage demands go, if you want me, you can have me for a bit, but rather than having X amount, it's now Y amount, which maybe like you know, an extra 50% yeah. probably that kind of thing. But I take, I take it. There's kind of ways of doing it. You don't just go and buy, you know, a Ronaldinho or something like that. You know, you no. kind of buy to to the next level. And yeah, they're ups. buying like players who. Are, yeah. I think a couple of players have bought like two levels above them to bring them down yeah. to that level. You pay them money to play at that level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is that if, if do they own the club now? Is they own all... the club. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Um, it's just it's they own the control and share. The fans own like forty nine percent, I think, and they own fifty one percent, something along those lines. So the fans yeah. they. They, they have the major financial backing. I think if it was like two running a mill, you know, kind of fucking multi-millionaire businessmen that bought them, there'd be a kind of ridicule and stuff like that. But because it's these rich American movie stars, it's like, fuck it, yeah. Okay, go Well, I it. think that's the thing. I think the club has been bought in the past by people who, who didn't have the club's interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, people can then disappear and no one really cares about them because they just go away. Whereas if Ryan Reynolds and this guy fuck it up, People know where they live. You know, people know who Ryan Reynolds is. He's not... Yeah, he's yeah. Named <laughs> you know? and shamed and fucking yeah. all sorts, yeah. 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 So, interesting, yeah. 
I, I won't watch it, but it is interesting. I think even as an on-football fan, I think you get something from Reynolds' charm and sound yeah, that does shine through. Him being Reynolds, because he does seem like, you know, it he, does, but there's not something moments, he can turn off, you know what I mean? He is very much on all the time, but there's moments when they're trying to buy the club um, and they've, they've basically got to get the approval of, like, all the um, fans. The fans have, like, a, have, like, a board of, like, I, think, I can't remember how many fans there is, but they've all got to have, like, a night. They've got to be passed by more than two-thirds vote for them to actually yeah. take ownership of the club. Yeah. And he's genuinely nervous, like, doing his pitch to try and buy the club. Well, it's, like, it's quite oh. charming to see a guy just getting, you know, who's obviously got all the power and money in the world, but he's just sort of he's humbled by, like, the bin, binman from um, Cardiff uh, who, who could vote against him. You know, and he says, like, doesn't matter who you are, you, you always look for the approval of others to a certain degree. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the Oscars or these five guys who are looking at me who have got to try and impress, you still want them to like you. <laughs> so I guess I just try to sell something then you don't yeah. want to uh, totally that's that's interesting. I'm yeah. still not gonna watch it. But... No, you're not, but anyway, <laughs> so we'll move on to movies then for this week. Um and we'll start on Netflix. Um and that's oh, okay. a film called that. Me Time. Um, yes. Directed by John Hamburg, who directed a film called Why Him, which you liked, I didn't. Um, yeah. I Love You, Man, which I liked, and you have not seen. Not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and Along Came Polly, which I was a bit meh on, to be honest. Um, so, the plot of this film is there's a guy, family man, who is the ultimate, the ultimate dad, essentially. His wife is like sort of the, is the breadwinner. He just stays at home. He just stays, just, he stays at home, looks after the kids, is very well heavily involved with PTA. Very much a role reversal from the, the stereotypical Hollywood norms. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the wife decides that she wants to get in touch with her kids and, you know, get to know them better because she feels a bit left out. So she takes him away on a holiday um, and gives him essentially me time, a full week when he's allowed to sort of do what he wants and just chill out. Um, Coincidentally, at that time, his best friend, who's about the madman of the pairing, um, basically has a birthday party and he gets invited along to it. He heads along to it and kind of chaos ensues from that as he he discovers himself and his friend and all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Madcap. Buddy comedy in that respect. Yeah, not how I would describe it, but yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> in this film, you've got um, the stay-at-home dad one is Kevin Hart. The, the madcap yep. friend is Mark Wahlberg. The wife is Regina Hall. You've also got, for literally a blink and you miss it moments, John Amos is in it for literally, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jimmy O. Yang plays a baddie, I guess. And so does Ilya Isoles Polino and also Seal pops up in it as well. Seal pops up, yeah, for what feels like an uncomfortably long time. Yes. More time. Than, yeah. yeah, like... Seal wants he, to be there, Mike Tyson, and it's not quite the same. No, but remember when he turned up in Popstar never stopped leaving? Yeah, but you barely see him, he's just, he's running by the Exactly, camera, he, he, yeah. he turned up, 40 seconds nailed it, and he was gone, it was like, wow, fucking oh, Seal yeah. stole the show, do you know what I mean? But with us, it was like, oh, he's doing a number. Yeah, he's, he's doing a the long full, number. <laughs> he's doing the full song. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just a bit surreal. Like, fuck, is this still good? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll start on this one, right? So, it could be very easy to be harsh on this, okay? And I think they will be harsh eventually. But <laughs> it is, it's a comfortable watch in the sense that you've seen it all before. It's not trying to break any new ground. So, it's a very predictable comedy. And I guess. At a certain time of night, when you're bored and you want to watch anything, it would pass the time. It's a film you could literally look at your phone for the whole film and still know what's happening by glancing up at the TV once yeah. every 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, it does, for me, feel like it was written as a um, Kevin Hart, uh, Dwayne Johnson film. Yeah, definitely. The definitely. Dwayne's yeah. went, 
I'm not doing that. I'm not in the mood for it. So that didn't pan out. So the draft in Marky Mark to play the role. And we are on the record as being Marky Mark fans. We we love a bit of Marky Mark. We do love him. Yeah, when even Marky Mark in comedy is always fun. Like when I, he's I like on him. point, he's on point. Yeah. But in this, his comedy feelings are very much evident. He doesn't he doesn't deliver in this at all. No, it at feels all. like no. it almost feels like they've actually filmed it with someone else and he's like sort of been put in to sort of mimic the role after. It feels like he's yeah. completely detached from the whole film. There's no chemistry at no all. No chemistry whatsoever. Mm, yeah. Zero. And that's that Hart's got energy. Um I think mm. that's Hart's thing. He's a funny yeah. wee guy, but it's that energy he's got. He's just frantic and go, do you know what I mean, all the time. Um, and that works well with Johnson visually and did you see me have this yeah. magic chemistry but no it's, it, I've kind of not really seen it working with many more people at all and definitely not Marky Mark like you don't buy the friendship at any point no no not at all and it doesn't kind of sell you either though it's just like you know here's that we've been friends for over five I've known you for kindergarten that's like the basis oh. you've got to go on it's sorry okay I don't get I mean, it because it seems like they're so. I get, I, I get. Not all friends are exactly alike, but they seem yeah. so diametrically opposed in yeah. every single way. That feels like feels so odd that the, mm-hmm. the the friendship. How would it survive? Like, yeah, we've it? seen it recently in our own friendships, like friendships. We go unless you've got something that's sort of a a, a rallying point or like a lightning rod between the two. Yeah. Ways, that friendship can quickly, unfortunately, dwindle. I, I fizzes out, yeah. Yeah. yeah so the idea that this, the, the Marky Mark car is traveling the world constantly, never home, and just basically just living his best life. Mm. What's he got with this Kevin Hart character? I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. And that's maybe part of the chemistry problem. There was, there was no chemistry, therefore, I don't believe the friends. Because, again, the friends you can have, you don't see very often, but still have a lot of chemistry with. Yeah. But there was nothing the, that had the, any chemistry with that whatsoever. It was just a damn squib. Whenever the two of them were together, it was just like, yeah, it's like you say, it's almost like they're doing. A different film from each other, oh. almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they've been given one script says this is your tone, Kevin, and this is your tone, Mark. Do you know what I mean? You can you just stick to to that tone or something? It was just weird. It didn't. You know, didn't if they up. told me they shot it all in the one day and only met that morning, I would probably believe it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I get you. Um, Andre, so positives. Hart was energetic. He's always he energetic. Gave, he's always he fun. Yes, gave it all he could. Um, there was one or two chuckles in it. The cab for... driver—that's who Elia I saw plays. Polino plays the cab driver. I actually found her quite entertaining. She was all right. Oh, the um, Uber driver, sorry, not cab driver. Yeah. Uber driver. Yeah. Regina Hall had nothing to do at all. What that's, a waste again. So a... sidelined, and that whole B story never really went anywhere. They never. They obviously. Hard. I think it feels like they've shot something for that, and then just went. We always okay. say, like, you know, we want a film short and snappy, but they seem to have like, cut a whole plot line out that might have added something to it. You talk about her being away with the kids and... And the, 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 the other boss guy making moves yeah. and stuff like that. Never yeah. really felt like anything. I just came to know by at the end it was all okay. So yeah. nothing happened. Yeah, and it was like, come on, man, give me give me some meat in this veg. Um, but yeah, exactly what I felt, just flat. I lost interest a lot through it. I was yeah. looking at my phone, getting antsy and, you know, looking at the clock, be like, pausing it to see how long's left and stuff like that. So there was a lot of that going on that just struggled to hold my attention for any more than a couple of minutes at a time, really, before I'd be like, yeah, kind of drifting off for this again. Just, okay, you know. one more time on it. What do you give it a 10? Um, I think I gave it a three or a four, I want to say. Uh, two seconds and I'll give you my... I'm giving it a five. Score. I gave it a three. 
I'm probably being very, I'm probably being very, very, um, <laughs> so I'm being very nice giving it a five, to be honest. Yeah, you are given, I know, and I'm trying to figure out why. I don't, I don't know why you're giving it a five. I enjoyed but the I mean, cab driver, there was a couple of giggles in it, um, but it's, I'm never, I'll never watch it again. That's the thing, I'll never, yeah, again, yeah, um, totally. No need nope. to, I'm just no, everything was in focus for the most part, so we'll give it that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That that yeah wasn't for the most part actually. Yeah, it wasn't always, but yeah, I don't. Most part, the most important. So an average, yeah. we give it a four. Four, four out of ten out. overall. Yeah. So move on from that. We want one of you've seen. You've got to sum up in the next basically seven and a half minutes before this all cuts out, and that is Beast, which Beast. is directed by Baltasar Komarku, who directed Two Guns, which I like. Talk a good Marky Mark film. Two Guns is a good Marky Mark film. I only seen. I only seen half of that for the first time ever last week. I was just oh. browsing and I seen it and I seen Denzel and I was like, what's this? And I've seen it in the last 40 minutes, maybe. Yeah, and good. I was like, fuck, I want to see this. Yeah, it's <laughs> utterly ridiculous, but it is yeah. also fun. It's just um, fun. They also done, he also done Everest, which I actually quite enjoyed. Everest. It's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did do a drift, which wasn't quite so good. The one with Shailene Woodley and Sam Claflin on the ocean. That wasn't quite as good. Yeah, um, I never watched it and didn't yep. fancy it at all. So this one's basically about family man goes on holiday um, on safari. Um, there's been a play the lions has been attacked by poachers. Um, yeah. All the fam, all the lions are killed apart from one who takes things on the poachers. And then I think the family stumble into the lions territory, so the lion wants to take them out as well because they are human and they are bad. Correct. Pretty much. So um, I'm, I'm going to state the obvious. Idris Elba uh, is the main hanging. He's not playing the lion. He's playing Idris Elba, I believe. He has played, I don't know, he's played, yeah, he's, he's had to sell a bit of character who's not a line. <laughs> yeah, he's not a line, yeah. Um, so, so the, the obvious comparison is Jaws in the Jungle, um, which goes to darkness, surely. Goes to darkness, Jaws, but as a premise, it is Jaws in the Jungle. Jaws, you know, yeah. they're, they're getting stopped by a wild animal and, yeah. and it's its own environment and it's scary as fuck. Um, yeah. first worry I had about this film is the CGI because there's a lot of CGI lying on it and it's. Actually, all right. Um, I've seen a few, like, for example, Prey recently, and then also um, yeah. even in that me time with the, the leopard or the, the mountain cat, it was a bit dodgy. Yeah. But so, I dodgy animals can make it, but the beast, the lion is decent. It's not too bad. There's a few moments where you can see the yeah. CGI, but you kind of know it anyway. Um, good points, but Idris Elba always, always. He's got, he's got charm. He, he has um American accent in this one as well. The two kids in it were okay, so it's him and his two daughters um are going back to South Africa, yeah. where his wife's village was. That's why they're in South Africa. And yeah, basically poachers kill lions, lion gets pissed off and hunts them all down. Um I didn't know oh, what's his face, the guy from District Nine? Shari Coakley. He was a yeah. um he was fantastic. He was having a lot of fun You know, he was like the kind of bushman. Um yeah. You know, the fucking South African Bushman, and he was a lot of fun in it as well. Um, him and Eldra were good together as well. And yeah, it's just, it's just pure nonsense. It's just it's a 90 like minute, fucking... it feels like a 90 minute B movie. I didn't watch it, I'm going to watch it. It is. 90 it's, minute it's... B movie, but done well. Exactly, but it's with less action than you would think as well. Yeah. Um, there's pretty not tense. a lot of action. Pretty tense at times, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and quite a brutal scene at the end as well. The last kind of 10 minutes is a bit kind of... Oh, it does sound like it's brutal. actually following the the, basal, the the pathway of Jaws, because like, Jaws has not got a lot uh, of action in it, and then yeah. quite a brutal finale. <laughs> it, it, it is, it is pretty, it's, it's like fucking Kevin Smith's going to be devastated, because that's how missed his chance for Moose Jaws, because this, this has done it, do you know what I mean? He's that's, done <laughs> 
this in. You, you've missed, you've missed it, Mr. Smith. Give up now. Um, but yeah, it is essentially Jaws in the Jungle. You know, lions okay. hunting them, and they need to survive by using their wits and their in its environment. And you know, they've kind of got the fucking work that they've got. Um, de- decent watch. Um, not too bad at all. Um, Better or worse than the Megan Fox one that was out recently? I mean, it's the same mm-hmm. premise. I've never seen that one. Okay, so I'm gonna, but you're going to say better, probably. I'm, I probably would say better, just because I'm not a Megan Fox fan. Um, out of 10, I need to give it a 5. Purely okay. because it is just throwaway fun. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's, a, no... it's, a, it's a recommended 5, as opposed to oh, a bad yeah. 5. Oh, no, 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 it's a go and see 5. Five's not, not bad, do you know what I mean, at all. Hmm. It's, you know, the kind of middle of the road. It's, it's definitely, as you say, it's a high-budget B-movie, but it is a B-movie. Um, it's like a Friday night movie to me. Yeah, it's it's a premise that won't last more than ninety minutes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And once it's done, forget about it. And yeah. you know, you probably won't think about it ever again. Um, okay, you won't watch it again. But yeah, it's entertaining fair enough. So it's solid five out of ten. Um, for for what it was. I think the problem is as well is um, Idris. As much as we love him, he's not quite the big Hollywood star. He's not punched through. Not he's yet not to have yet, that punch yeah. through. Yeah, and I think we. Certainly, on this side of the pond, appreciate his acting abilities more than they do. Or, yeah, yeah, more than they do. And you kind of, I think, you always see uh, just trying to act and be what the character is. Um, and unless you've seen him doing that and other stuff, then maybe you don't kind of get it. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. I think Stringer Bell from the Wire gets him a lot of jobs. That's still sort of the thing that gets him in a lot of rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah, I think anyway. you're right. I think you're right. But yeah, go and see it. Um, not, not a terrible watch. Um, a bit pissed off. I had to pay to see it. Of course, yes. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have chose to pay if I didn't have to. Um, but yeah, not, not too bad. It's fun. Fun for, for most times. Um, a bit cheesy now and again, a bit kind of... You, you've got to suspend disbelief. There's a lot of what-the-fuck moments. Um, yeah. But if you don't... If you go in not expecting that, then it's probably... You're in for a certain type of film. Shame, shame shaming you that, for yeah. not... I for not kind of expecting that, not shaming the film. Do you know what I mean? Because it is a fucking animal attack movie and you've got to suspend a lot of disbelief. Absolutely. Yes, Colin. So on to our third film. I like the fact that it's getting... It's weird. After the summer, we seem to watch a lot more movies because we've got less to do, so we watch a lot more films. Totally, because you hunker down at like kind of five o'clock because it's dark. And you're like, right. well, it's not. Nah, it's not quite dark yet, but we do get to that yeah. stage. I'm watching a lot more De- stuff. So. Definitely. This is this is where our years. film viewing numbers really do ramp up towards the end of the yeah. year. You know. Yeah. Hold steady for most of the year, then we go kind of nuts towards the end of the year. <laughs> um, so this one we're going to talk about is on Amazon Prime, um, and it's called The Samaritan. It's just called Samaritan, mm. actually, not The, just Samaritan. Yep, just Samaritan. Um, directed by Julius Avery, who directed the film called Overlord, which I really enjoyed, um, and Son of a Gun, which also I quite enjoyed as well. It's the one with Ewan McGregor set in Australia. Yes. Oh, yeah, I've seen yeah. that as well. Yeah, I've seen yeah. both of them, actually. I think we might okay. see Son of a Gun together, actually. Yeah, probably. yeah. Um, so in this film, there's a superhero, um, and well, a superhero and a supervillain. They have a massive face-off in the past, um, and for what we hear, the villain is killed, and the Samaritan goes into hiding. He, he that's his last fight, and he'll never fight again because um, he has because basically they're brothers, uh, and that's yeah. what we're all come down to. Yeah. Um, young boy basically starts suspecting his neighbor might be said Samaritan, and goes about trying to uncover this. At the same time, there's a plot sort of a uprising by those who used to follow the. The, the baddie like nemesis, nemesis. Yeah. Um, yeah. and they start to take back the city take back control and you know in full Bane style um, and it basically heads to face off between the Samaritan coming out of retirement and 
the followers. You follow the nemesis yeah. in that yeah. phase of the plot. So you've got yeah. Sly, <clears throat> you get Sly Stallone playing Samaritan, um, the, the superhero in hiding. Um, Javon Walton plays a young boy um, who's sort of quite uncomfortable. I don't know. Um, you've also got Pilu Asbeck, Asbeck, who plays like the nemesis, leader of the nemesis gang. Yeah. I assume he must have been in Game of Thrones at some point. He was, he was the... The, the Mad Prince and the Water member, the, the watery people, those ones. Can't Fair remember it. Just look at them. He's got a region name. Looking at him, that man looks like a Game of Thrones man. He, he was. He was, yeah, he was quite big. Yeah, he played yep. an absolute crazy character as well. You've also got Tiffany Cleary <laughs> playing the mother of um, Young Boy and Martin yeah. Starr plays like a kind of conspiracy theorist who has all ideas about what happened to this man. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll, put out, I'll start this one. It's, it's quite an interesting premise. I like I like when they take superhero films and put a wee bit of a spin on them, you know, because it's like it's like it's an original superhero film, if that makes sense. You know, it's yeah, taking it's, the genres yeah. big. A bit like yeah. Headquarters last week. Um where the superhero genre is the thing that's in this now. So we're trying to find a niche within that that's not just Marvel and DC and trying to like, yeah. explore it. So I thought it was interesting. But it never really sparked for me. It just I felt like it wasted its its conceit and its concept. Um You've got like the two plots, the returning hero and the villain uprising, that seemed just so diametrically separate for so long that when they did come together at the end, it felt like very forced, like I thought. Um, and when it does, it feels very underwhelming. I didn't really so, have that much interest in it. I feel the exact same, but I think for different reasons. Right, okay. What I got was um, I really enjoyed the stuff with. Samaritan his story story and stuff like that it was huh. quite you know because you do like kind of wonder you know when superheroes hit 70 and shit like that as well would they, would they, they do they, they had nice lore stuff? and stuff they had nice lore yeah, you know, that, that, that. yeah but when it came to the, the kind of bad guys the villains of the piece it felt like they were ripped straight from a comic book Dark Knight Rises just that, just Dark Knight Rises too ramped up they were just too dialed up I mean too like kind of a typical comic book bad guys that didn't suit the tone of the other half of the film. Yeah, I and I think when they came together, it was just this kind of car crash. Because even um, like the final kind of face-off scene when like Big Samaritan is facing off against all the guards and he starts throwing them through walls, if that felt so opposite of everything you've seen prior to that when it felt yeah, very and it became quite yeah. cartoony almost. Yeah, but um, the, the stuff we're still on it, and even the, the kid was good as well. Um, yeah. all, all that side of it, I was so so intrigued by it. Like proper, you know, this is this is good material. This is really yeah. well thought out, really well written. Just exploring, you know, what happens when you're no longer the, the hero and you've been gone for so long, and you're just an old man. You're tired. You don't want to do this shit. Would he do? It? I love you're not needed. The world has moved on from you. Yeah, and you're not required yeah. anymore. But then, yeah. And even the wee twist, although I kind of, I kind of seen it coming for five minutes in the twist, I was yeah. like, okay. you know, it wasn't it wasn't particularly clever twist, but it no. was like, it was a twist. Um, but yeah, I just felt as soon as it came in the villains, as soon as it came in the screen, it was like two different film styles almost. Do you know what I mean? And it, it just the harshness of it just didn't didn't flow. I felt the studio was definitely like, even down to the jacket he's wearing. The when we want this to be kind of Bane type character, he's even wearing the same yeah. jacket. Yeah. And he almost wanted to do that whole Dark Knight Rises, you know, the kind of the the, the prisoners rising up and they're taking back the setting, taking yeah. back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there was no budget to support that, so it felt very small and it felt 
like the stakes weren't as high as they're trying to make out them to be. Yeah, but I think yeah. also the guy playing the, the, the main villain as well. I think you know, there's more to being a memorable villain than just you know acting weird and crazy. Do, do you know what I mean? He's, just being big and shouty, essentially. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's kind of his presence is weird as well. He's kind of yeah. strange looking guy. Do you know what I mean? So he just kind of comes off as weird and odd rather than kind of intimidating and scary and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know if he was maybe miscast a wee bit too. I think so. so. But then I think it feels like they've been definitely hamstring by budget because it felt like the budget wasn't there. Um, yeah. I thought Sly was for the most part good, but he does at times feel like he's been a little bit of a parody of like sort of like the shambling Rocky character. Don't he? Sort of is that kind of just, he's, he's almost like a, a low rent Clint Eastwood. But I think that's unfortunately, I think it's becoming his stick now. Do you know what I mean? Because he is like, was Sly 74, I think. Aye, but he's just, he just, he just, he's just kind of grumpy old white man now. Yeah, 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 everything <laughs> he's in is like that. The last yeah. few films he's done, even the last Rambo film, it was yeah. very similar. Do you know what I mean? As well. So it does seem to be, I think, and I think it's clever that he knows I'm an old man. I can't fucking run about doing action films all the time. True. So, you know, where, where's my where's my, my direction for the rest of my career? It's not a bad path to take. I, don't think I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I'd, I'd like parts of it, but I just feel it was definitely a better idea than the execution of yeah, that idea. No, it's a shame because for, I'd, like, for sure, yeah. Overlord is a completely batshit idea that I thought was executed very well. Yeah, this is the other way around. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. very good idea as well that's just not really pulled together. So I would give it a very average five out of 10. Um, I think I maybe was a wee tiny bit more generous and give it a six. Six. So we'll say five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. But, but as I say, for most parts, I did enjoy the superhero part of the Samaritan story. And then whenever the bad guys turned up, I just kind of went cold to it again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Until the next time he popped back in it again. It's kind of weird. Kind of two different films working against each other almost. Yeah. yeah. Um, on from that, maybe the polar opposite of that one that's in the cinema just now, it's called Mr. Malcolm's List, um, directed by Emma Holly-Jones. It's a debut feature. This is a period piece, so Colin has not seen this one, so I'll have to talk about this one. Um, essentially, it's set around the sort of like the, sort of the, the season and then you had in the old time where they used to all sort of like get together for balls and things like that, and then they'd all kind of start pairing up. That's where you'd find your, your love of yeah. your life or indeed marry for the money. Um yeah. The Mr. Malcolm is one of the most desirable bachelors who is going right now. Um, he goes out on a date with one woman and basically dismissed her because she is she asks her, she doesn't know something. It's something she doesn't know about. So what it turns out is that Mr. Malcolm's got a list and you have to be able to tick all these things off on his list or he's not going to marry you, essentially. What a cunt. What a prick. Um, yeah. So the woman who is slighted by the fact she didn't meet all his criteria decides to bring in a ringer who will be the perfect woman who will make him fall in love with her and then she will reveal herself to be, ha, 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 this is all a ruse, I don't actually love you, um, and now you feel foolish for, for making such a list up. As you can what imagine. What okay, yeah. <laughs> um, As it is, this kind of time, you can probably tell, sparks begin to fly between the ringer and the... Uh-huh, the, the, the so, gentleman of leisure. Yeah. Gentleman of leisure. So, and that's the, basically the premise of it, essentially. Okay, so that's... It's, it's almost like high schooly kind of level, you know, so it's that yeah, kind, of, that kind the, of thing, yeah. yeah. Sounds like Roxanne a bit almost. Yeah, bit, yeah it's very much on that kind of level. Yeah. So you've got um, Frida Pinto, who I've not actually seen in that much. She's obviously very big, I think, in Indian Hollywood movies. I think she's married to somebody famous. Not sure who. One of the Jonas not... Brothers, maybe. Possibly one of the Jonas Brothers. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. She's an astonishingly beautiful woman looking um, when you see her. Um, you've also got Soap Dusu, who plays like sort of the um, the the 
the gentleman, Mr. Malcolm, essentially. Um, we've got Oliver Jackson Cohen, Ashley Park, Theo James, and Zai Ashton. Um, so you don't like period films because you're not going to go and see this, but I actually found this very enjoyable. It's a very well told period piece that does feel fresh despite a very recognisable genre. You've seen this film a hundred times before. Yeah. You haven't, but I have. Um, yeah. Where you know, you know, the person you're supposed to fall in love with, with is going to fall in love with. It's a she's all that moment. You know, it's, a, it's yeah. going to happen, you know. So, but it does it in a nice, interesting way. It doesn't, it, it feels, like I said, fresh compared to, you know, a lot of stuff. Like, compared to, like, say, for example, you know, Downton Abbey, which I've, I've only seen sparingly. Yeah. It feels quite fuddy-duddy a little bit for your granny. This feels a bit more for, like, sort of a younger audience. Is is it yield speak or is no, it kind of no, more, more, more modern, modern speak? speak. Yeah. 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 More like sort of, I would say, like Bridgerton-type level. I mean, I think that's where the idea sort of wise. And apparently they made it a, a short, about 50-minute short, before Bridgerton came out. And right. then after the success of Bridgerton, they sort of re examined it and made it into full feature because that, that's the, the, the kind of cost and cleavage and romance is back in. Uh, you keep right. saying this word Bridgerton like I know. You know Bridgerton is. I don't know what Bridgerton is. Yes, I have no idea. I really don't. So, um, um, the cast are all very good. Um, Frida Pinto is, is wonderful in it. Um, Zoe Ashton is also excellent. The Soap Dursu who is in that film Our My House the one about the refugees and the, the horror film. I don't know if you saw that last year. I've My never home. seen that one, no. I missed He's that. also in Gangs of London, the TV show. He plays a sort of main role in that. Right, he I know what you mean, yeah. He, he has to find his feet in this. He's not, I think he's done much period piece work before. Um, so at the very start, he's very much doing sort of like the Colin Firth, Hugh Grant thing. You know, he's just sort of maybe kind of mimicking that a little bit. And, and a bumbling... Kind of, yeah, you sort of... Kindly jet English buffoon, almost. Not yeah. kind of buff, not bu- buffoonery, but just it feels very like you've seen before it. Once you maybe, about half a, about half an hour into the film, he starts to find like the character who, to set him aside from that and not just be aping what has came before him. Yeah. Um, so once he finds the role, he's definitely enjoyable. Um, like I said, director, first time directing a feature, handles it well, very fresh, modern, doesn't feel very stuffy. And also, I know it's a simple thing, um, and it should have something been done for a long time before. Um, they've done it really well in other films. The, the, um, Charles Dickens one recently as well. The colorblind casting, like I really enjoy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it it just brings a freshness to it. You know, it's like it doesn't have. You know, I don't care that the person who's in the lead role wouldn't have existed in that role. Like I can still watch it in the same way. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me. Mm. But it's nice to see. I don't always need to see. Only white people on screen. Yeah, essentially. It, shouldn't, it shouldn't detract from performance. Yeah, if an exactly. Acting and they're acting well, then it doesn't matter what card they are. They're still, yeah, yeah, performing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was it the, the personal life of David Copperfield or something? That was the one they had. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it was all kind of cobbling cast as well. And I think it works well. I think they're in Anola Holmes as well. Um, so yeah, so stuff like that. It's it's not a big thing. Well, I think I think it is a big thing to people who it's important to you know who do get the chances. But yeah. for me, it's not a big thing, but it does enjoy it. It's something yeah. that, that doesn't, it adds something to the film. So um, I enjoyed it. It's very charming. It's only an hour and 40 minutes long. It zips along. I, I liked it. It's, it's, I, I found myself as I get older, I'm enjoying period piece movies more than I should, probably should do, to be honest. Because you're a middle aged woman, Richard. It does feel like that, yeah, at times <laughs> when I'm enjoying this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will give Mr. Malcolm's list a very solid 7 out of 10. Wow, um, you, you've totally topped everything I'm going to score today. Um, my, my last one that I'm going to bring up is another one at Alston's Cinema. 
called the invitation seen, seen today called the the invitation um the premise of this movie is that um uh, that this girl who lives in new york um loses her mum um recently and she's just kind of living day to day as best she can not a lot of money stuff like that yep. um She's at some kind of job fair and she kind of manages to get like a kind of pack and in that pack there's a free ancestry test um, which she sends away for and finds out she's related to this kind of upper class Yorkshire family. Um, she gets in touch with her cousins, they invite her over to Yorkshire to stay. Um, things go bumping the night throughout the movie and by the end there's a big reveal um, involving vampires and shit like that. Um, right, okay. In a nutshell, that's it. Um, I didn't know. I thought I was going to see like a good old ghost story. I thought um, when we saw the trailer, I thought it was more like a ready or not type movie. Well, that as well. I was thinking that we a ghost kind of thing, and it, it, it's not. Um, should give it, it's directed by Jessica M. Thompson. Um, this she done a film called The Light of the Moon. Um, that was also out. I'd say it's definitely Beatrice in it. Um, but this is a sort of like a probably biggest release to date. To, today, um, it, it, I mean, it's kind of short well and stuff like that, and, and the atmosphere's almost there in terms of, like kind of creepy and stuff like that. Women in black esque um, times, maybe almost um, a wee bit, maybe, uh, maybe slightly more kind of modern horror than mm, that. It's, okay. set, it's set now, it's not a, a kind of gothic horror or anything, um, but it just descends into stupidity in the, the, the last 40 minutes. It, it just becomes a shitty vampire film. Um, and I don't think you say, but it's not gothic in any way with the description on Netflix is she uncovers a gothic conspiracy. So it's, like... it's, 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 <laughs> it's not, not tr- it's really, really, it's not half as clever as it wants to be. Okay. Um, it, it basically fucking involves, so it's, it's based in Yorkshire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's new Fairfax Abbey is the house that what so you can instantly kind of see where it's all heading do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. the, the end of it it's, it's not really a spoiler but it's vampires and it's Dracula do you know what I mean and you're like come on man don't you know like fucking hell you know, let, let's be a bit more imaginative than this and it just if you, didn't, if you didn't know the, the vampire lore and the Dracula lore would, it, would that is it obvious that way I think so I think still so, yeah yeah, okay. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just, like I say, I was expecting a good old bump in an eight kind of horror film. I mean, like kind of chilly, and it just for for about fifteen minutes it gives you that, and then it just slowly but surely slides downhill and crashes to the wall. <laughs> so, Better or worse than Invisible Ghost? Um, I'd have to say worse because I rated it less actually. Yeah. Okay. Because Invisible Ghost had like the kind of fun factors. I mean, a Bella Lugosi stuff like that. This was. You know, hand and heart, earnestly serious, um, mm. which probably suffered for a lot. Uh, the, Look the, at the main... cast list. Um, it does seem like you've got, um, like Nathaniel Emmanuel plays the, the main girl who's like from New York. Game of she's Thrones, like, yeah, she's Game of Thrones casting. She yeah. she seems to have done about. She was in she's in um, Fast and Furious Seven. She's done a few yeah. things. The rest of the cast, like Thomas Doherty, Stephanie Cornelianson, Alan Bowden. Alana Bowden, sorry, uh, Hugh Skinner, Vrag Barney, Courtney Taylor, all very much sort of like TV actors. I had, I don't know. Sean really Pertwee's in it, who I assume is playing yeah. the butler. He's the biggest name in it. Um, I, I would say, yeah, he's he's a butler, of course. Of course he is. He's Sean Pertwee. Well, that's who he is. Yeah. Um, he, he's a butler. And she's good as well. But all in that, I didn't recognise anyone else. I was like, uh, he's all kind of, I think, all kind of like TV work. Because the main guy yeah. in it, from what I've seen, he's, he's in like Gossip Girl and stuff like that. Yeah, but I did go in expecting. 
Um, I was quite excited to get in and see this. as a real good, creepy movie. Um, and it was just sitting there and, you know, minute by minute, just getting chipped away. And You're waiting for the kind of, the, the, the needle to drop and it never really drops yeah, properly. Yeah, yeah. And then when they think they're dropping the needle, that's when you're like, oh my God, don't fucking do that. Do, do you know what I mean? It's just like they played the wrong song almost. <laughs> you know? Aye, okay. like, no, don't do that. Um, so I going to have to give this a four out of ten. I'm afraid. Harsh. We've been very harsh this week. You're going we to we have. Well, you, you've been you've been a, a bit kind of lighter than, than I have. I've been covering quite a dick. I find joy in things, Colin. Um, <laughs> I, I do try. I do. I try. do try. Um, you know, but yeah, go still go see it. As I say, maybe it's just me that you know. Kind of, I don't want shit so much in the nose. Do you know what I mean? But I want a bit more kind of subtlety. But you are a horror aficionado, therefore it does um, to impress you. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, hell of a lot, hell of a lot, sir. Um, tell the nice folks at home what's out next week. No, we've got one more film to talk about. Oh, you got what you sneaky, fucker. sneaky fucker, yeah. ninja. You're the last ninja. time we're going to talk about one, it's also in cinemas, but you're more exclusive. Your GFTs, your art house cinemas, and it's called mm. Official Competition, directed by Mariana Cohen and Gaston Duprat, who directed films called Distinguished Citizen and Tobro Sabra Asado. So, um, so it's a Spanish film, this one, and it's yeah. basically about an old man who wants to have a legacy. He wants to basically know what his life stood for. He works in pharmaceuticals, and he's like, I want to do something with my money so I'm remembered. So he Think about building a bridge, you know, building an art house, something like that. But you say what you can do, you can put his money into a movie to make a great movie to adapt this great novel. Uh, and he hires one of the best directors in the world to do it. And then he hires the two best Spanish speaking actors to do it as well. One is a theater actor of the highest order who believes in the sanctity of the, the acting and, you know, how important it is. And, you know, doesn't, yeah. doesn't you know, take um, first class flights because that takes away from the experience. He should be flying with the, you know, doesn't want to see above his position. Yeah. yeah. And you've also got, the great Hollywood actor who's the man who's coming in who's everyone knows he's not a good actor but somehow his films still make millions and people can have mock him in a way for that Yeah, and it's basically you're watching the film as the, the rehearsals of this film as they try and basically just prod and poke at each other just to sort of get, noise each other up to try and get to this like try and, and irritate each other to the point of like to, like to try and make like just to get this film off the ground and get it made and you know yeah. and it's then just sounds sort of quite charming yeah constant little barbs at each other and just constantly like, trying to piss each other off and it builds to something bigger than that but majority of the film is just them sort of just kind of just niggling at each other to try and like sort yeah. of see who can push each other's buttons the most and who can impress each other the most and get a reaction out of each other and so in the film you've got the director of note is a uh, Penelope Cruz she plays the director oh, okay. with right. Look at the poster. Find the poster, Colin. It's fantastic hair. She has like phenomenal hair. Um, hair that we would both kill for in every single way. <laughs> um, you've also got the Hollywood type actor is played by one Antonio Banderas. Who, <gasps> oh, Antonio. Speaking, oh. nice to hear Antonio speaking Spanish. I always enjoy him like in his yeah. own language. Um, his native tongue, yeah. Oscar yeah. Martinez plays uh, the theatre actor who has a lot of Spanish stuff. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't recognise him from a lot of other stuff here, but maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and Jose Luis Gomez plays the um, the, the old man who's putting the money into the the, the thing. Um, as you can imagine, with Penelope Cruz, Antonio Banderas and Oscar Martinez, the three actors in the leads are phenomenal. Like, yeah. I think we've been hard, not hard done by, we've seen Antonio Banderas in some amazing films, some wonderful yeah, movies, you know. Yeah, yeah, Philadelphia. But there's a certain that, yeah. joy to seeing him in his own language. Yeah, like, like the original Desperado stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he has even yeah. more charm in that. And even though I'm watching the subtitle, there's just, there's a, he's always effortless, I think, Antonio Banderas. He's never seen anything yeah. struggling, but there's even yeah. more effortlessness when it comes to <laughs> um, um, being in his own language. And it's, he just, 
Yeah. He's every inch a movie star. Like he is like he is one of the he is a true movie star. Like he just he is I when you look at him you just you can see why he became who he became. Yeah. You know, because he just is magnetic. But, and, yeah, I mean he's he's fucking criminally handsome. He can like, handsome. Like, he can do everything. Yeah, he can do everything. He's like Antonio Banderas. I mean, it's like you think of Antonio, he can do creepy. He can do you know action. He can do adventure. Yeah, and this is, he can he does everything he does like he does in, in really intense emotional stuff, and he's also deadpan, brilliantly funny. Yeah, you know, and he plays the role perfectly of this like sort of Hollywood actor who sort of very much believes in everything. He's correct and everything, and has he's the best and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, Oscar Martinez playing the the theater actor also brilliant. You know, playing that sort of thespian brilliantly. Um, and Penelope Crowe has been this sort of this in between between the two of them. She's trying. She's almost trying to get him to fight. She's like she's enjoying the, the jabs at them. She's wanting that energy. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. kind of energy for the film. Yeah, um, it looks stunning because they're all rehearsed and sort of like it looks like almost like a modern art gallery. It's not quite been finished, so they've just so it's all kind of like high angles and big windows and like really long shadows. Like so, it looks absolutely stunning. And um, you're watching beautiful cinematography, twists and turns. Some decent bits like is each because everyone gets a moment where like you think they've got the, the upper hand, yeah. you know, twist them away. So no one really comes out on top. It's always very much you know, whatever one gets, the other will get it like half an hour later, and it always just doesn't really pay off. It pays off well. Too. Um, it does build to quite a shocking and unexpected finale, which I wasn't really <laughs> expecting from it to be honest. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, I did take a real turn in the last like twenty minutes. I'm like, fuck me. Opens your eyes like, what the fuck's happened to you? Aye, it felt like it felt like it was very much going one way and everything like, holy crap. I mean <laughs> it makes sense, but it's like holy shit. Um it is a little bit inside baseball when it comes to like sort of the film industry, you know, how the how the film industry views itself or being like the most yeah. important thing and you know even art for art's sake is important and you don't have to try and impress anyone. You don't have to do is, you know, take it through for yourself. And it's very much how the film industry sees itself. Yeah. Um, even the, the title, like official competition, is what you see on like the Cannes Film Festival and, the, and like the Berlin, you know, this is like a film that's entered into official competition. You know, it's like it's prestige in that way. So it's sort of yeah. I think for the most part it's poking fun at it as opposed to trying to hold it in a high falutin kind of way. Yeah. The way this is the way that European films can maybe take more they can laugh at themselves more than like Hollywood doesn't really like to laugh at itself when it comes to yeah. making it. It seems that it wants to hold it in higher regard. Yeah. If not, yeah. So. But it's like about 100, it's about an hour and 45 minutes. And I found it just generally very, very funny and very, actually quite emotional at times as well. But just, you're watching three people who are very fucking good at what they do. Doing it's, it. Yeah, it's good to see, just fucking sit back and, let, let them craft away, yeah. You know, very early on, you're in comfortable hands. We see these three walk on camera, you're like, Yep, I, I know, I'm appreciate they'll know what they're doing, and they do. And yeah, I generally dug it in a big way. So, is this not getting a release in major cinemas at no, all? I think it's your, yeah, just your GFTs and your, your, your arty cinemas, your art house and stuff like that. So, I quite like to see it. Um, yeah, Banderas is in it. I do, do love Banderas. I love Antonio and love Antonio in a crazy kind of way. It's really, yeah. Crazy. Your favorite Antonio Banderas film, just quickly. Um. Probably, probably Philadelphia. Um, or yeah, an interesting choice as well. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think he just Philadelphia was his first English speaking part. I think so. You could barely fucking speak English be, as yeah. well. Do you know what I mean? And when you look at him, you're just like, wow, man, like, uh, smashed it. Your favorite? 
Just because wrapped up my childhood watching it in the cinema with my family and stuff like that, but um, Mask of Zorro, I think it's a Zorro's movie. Great. He's a brilliant Zorro, isn't he? He's, he's a phenomenally just... good Zorro, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, although Desperado's quite... In like, later life, Desperado's well. a great one. Um, yeah, I even love stuff yeah. like... Um, what's the one he done? Is it the one with Johnny Depp? It's the Rodriguez one, uh, Once Upon oh, a Time in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. Love that kind yeah. of stuff as well. Yeah. I think he'd been great in Dust Till Dawn. I think he was originally going to be cast as a Clooney role in Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, he would have smashed that as well. Yeah. Maybe not different take from Clooney, but yeah, he'd have smashed that. But I even like him in The Expendables. Do you know what I mean? Like shit like that. He just turns up and he takes what a tired old idea and he just kind of lifts it that wee bit. Do you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, man, fucking Vanderis is he knows what it is, but yeah. he's always having fun with it. Yeah. There's a couple of films this year they had him in, like American films, but they just didn't know how to use him. They sort of very much used him in a very disposable throwaway fashion, which I felt was yeah, kind of a shame. Yeah, he was in that one with Tom Holland, wasn't he? Uh, Uncharted. Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of yeah, you don't know what you're doing. This, this is like the hitman's bodyguards, wife's girlfriend's auntie's brother. He's in that as well as a baddie, and just again very disposable. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like. They've got this high caliber actor, and they just don't understand that that's what it is. And it's like, you know, be a bad guy. And it's like, I always think Hollywood it's... doesn't really know what to do with certain actors. Like Penelope Cruz is one as well. They've never really known what to do with Penelope Cruz, Marianne yeah. Cotillard, Antonio Banderas. They know they're good, but they don't really know how to use them properly. And I feel it's a real yeah. shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give it eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Wow. Just like, I like that. Score. I want to see it. I really, really do. Because I like Banderas, I like Cruz, and the premise sounds. Cool as fuck. I, yeah. I really want to see this. Oh, man. You'll like it. Um, yeah. But next week, we've got some interesting stuff out. Um, on Netflix, we've got one called I Came By. Okay. Which is Wonderful. about... It's Paddington's dad, I think, is a baddie in it, which is very upsetting to me. Paddington's dad? Aye. Um, the guy Hugh, Hugh Bonneville? Yeah, he looks like a baddie yeah. in it. Okay, I get that, yeah. Basically, yeah. this guy who breaks into like, sort of, con- a, like, a fancy house and starts to like sort of graffiti it and then gets caught in the basement and uncovers something dark and mysterious in the basement. Uh, I've got a feeling, I've got, I'm, I'm putting out, I'm not saying it yet, I'm going to put out, I think they're eating people. That's just what I'm thinking right now. That's all I'm thinking. Or, or they're kind of keeping people down there for whatever nefarious purpose, yeah. Yes, eating yeah. them, for example. Yeah. Um, so it's called I Came By, it's on Netflix. But in the cinema this week, I think we have a few things in the cinema. We've got Fall, which is in the cinema, oh. which is basically about someone stuck up stuck up a massive... Oh, like, yeah, this antenna. is getting rave reviews. It's yeah. going to be like a pure, really low-budget movie, but people are saying it just feels like you're standing at the edge of a building the full mm. fucking time. Yeah, it's a 2,000-foot yes. radio tower. Best friends, Becky mm. Hunter, films at the top of it, and then shit happens, but they can't get down and they need to get down. So um, yeah. that looks interesting, um, at least. Um, we'll have someone who was in um... two seconds. Hold on, buddy. What's that? No, it's no, is that a mouse? Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. No, thanks. So, <laughs> no, I don't want to see No, put it away. Oh, god, cat brought a mouse. Yeah, that's do you want to see sweet tongue poking out? No, why, why would I want No, I don't want to see that. I want to go to bed tonight and not have fucking nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Also, next week we've got one called 3,000 Years of Longing, which is Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton, directed yes. by George Miller. So I'm intrigued yes. because George Miller will direct anything and I will watch it. This looks... You've seen the trailer for this. Fucking mental. It looks insane. Like, just the music and the visuals, and you're just like, what is this film? This yes. 
fucking. Chris Elwood plays a genie, I believe. That's the point. He plays a genie who. He plays, yeah, grants her wishes and she's like, I wait a fucking minute. Uh, yeah, it looks mental. But then it looks like there's lots of stories within the story. Stories well. within the stories, yeah. So. Yeah. And like as you say, George Miller, you don't know what you're going to get with you. You may get a talking pig. Who, who fucking knows this? You may get a talking pig. You may, you may think it's dancing. Um, Penguins, and then all of a sudden you get Mad Max Fury Road. The man yeah, can do anything. Yeah. He can do anything. And I think everyone thought that he was going to carry on with the Mad Max story, and then he's, he's pulled this out. People are like, what the fuck's going to... Well, they have started on production on the Furiosa, new Mad Max. Furiosa, isn't it? Doing... Yeah. Is it him that's directing it? Yes, but I'm annoyed of the recast Furiosa. It's young Furiosa. Oh, no, who the recast? Oh, it's Anna Taylor. Anna Taylor-Joy is playing uh, Furiosa. Oh, I'm not yeah. feeling that, dude. I don't know. She's for on, yeah, yeah. That's a strange one. Um, surely they could have got the girl that plays Eleven from Stranger Things. She's got a kind of yeah, man. That, I, like, I, I do like Anna Taylor Joy's bonus. She can't play that. I do so. like her, but I just don't see her. It's furious. I, I guess visually you've got to overlook that, but I don't, I don't see it at all. Well, that can be the discussion we have on episode 352 from when we finally see Mad Mad Furiosa. Um, and the final thing that this week is on the cinema is one called The Forgiven, which has got Jessica Chastain in it. It looks like a kind of thriller, basically, with Jessica Chastain, which I like Jessica Chastain, so I'm, you do like Chastain, I'm very much in for that, so I will watch that one. Um, yeah. I don't know what's on Amazon this week, what the new films on that are, but I'll be able to see if I find anything, but that's enough to keep us interested at least. That will do. Uh, just a wee heads up on Saturday uh, for everyone listening and for, for you and I, it's National Cinema Day. £3.7 tickets. All tickets are £3, regardless of what you go see. And not VIP, but if you go and see like a 4D movie or a big silver super screen, you'll only pay three quid for it. So it's your chance, folks. If you don't get to the cinema much, now you've got an excuse. Go, go see a film. Can I, just, can I try and sell The Forgiven to you more by telling you it's directed by John Michael McDonough, who directed The Guard and Calvary? Um, and not only does it star Jessica Chastain, Matt Smith, Ralph Fiennes, um, Abby Lee, but also your favourite, Caleb Landry Jones is in it as well. Oh, sold. I'll, sold. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go and see it. I'll go and see it. Not, not a massive Chastain fan, but yeah, oh, I know you don't understand. I don't understand it. It's lovely. It's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> I prefer Isla Fisher. Bryce Dallas Howard. I do like Bryce. I do like Bryce as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, go and see a movie for three bucks. Yes, three pounds, um, go see a movie. Because usually you're like about 15 quid for a 4DX film, aren't you? But what you do tend to find is when you go to book them, they're all booked out. So yes. be quick. Be, do it tonight. Do it tonight. If anyone's go and see the extended cut of Spider-Man No Way Home, or whatever one it is. Is there an extended cut of that? Yeah, they've got more stuff in it. Oh, I don't just see it. There's anything... No, exactly. There's no need to go see it again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find there's uh, anything that would enhance that. No, not really. Shit for the true nerds, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, it seems a bit of a weird one. Tell me what it's famous, Colin. Uh, number three beers in the movie. We're on Gmail, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we're on Twitter as, as well. So yeah, look us up and give us some subscriptions and likes and all that kind of cheesy stuff that everyone else has to do. Do it for us too, because we, kind of, we do care. Somewhere deep down in the else we do. <laughs> I've been calling you, have been <laughs> Richard. And we've been three beers in a movie.